Hello and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, analysis, all passion, all derby. Some decisions are black and white. Let's get stuck in. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast. And joining us today, Corey. Corey, as always. Corey, how are we? Jason, I'm well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad after Friday. Um, and also joined with us is a return for, for Nigel. Nigel, how Jason, are we, Nigel? Jason, how are you? Good to speak to you. Yeah, it's good to speak to you again as well, mate. And a debutante uh, from The View of the Ninian, Ben. Ben, how are we doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. Um, reeling after our draw yesterday, but we're doing okay. <laughs> Yes, you you did me you did me out on the coupon yesterday. <laughs> coupon master. <laughs> I was I was fully there was you and Brentford that did me for about seven hundred quid. So uh, yeah, not not the greatest, but uh, never mind. Not, nice to have you here anyway. Yeah, thanks for having me. Don't bet on Cardiff in home games. We'll talk a bit more about <laughs> yeah, that. I know, well, I'll, I'll know for next time, Nigel. I'll know for next time. I thought the uh, I thought the Messiah might have uh, might have bailed you out again, but uh, he didn't. So. Uh, but of course, I'm sure that name Harry Wilson will uh, will pop up quite a bit during this podcast. Um, but to start with, um, I think Ben, I'm going to come to you first. Uh-huh. Probably a bit of a mixed bag for Cardiff to start off with. I was just, I was looking through the fixtures. Um, I mean, in this crazy COVID world that we're living in at the minute with football, I, I look at the opening seven seven fixtures, and you've you've probably won the ones that some would bet against you winning. But then you've probably dropped the results in the games that you actually might have expected to uh, expected to have picked up the results. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, it's, you're not far off the truth. I don't think. Um, you know, we I think we've we've gone four games unbeaten now, um, but that includes three draws against teams like Blackburn, Bournemouth, and Middlesbrough. Um, obviously, we beat Preston, which is a good result for us. And we beat Nottingham Forest, but then. Um, you know, we we lost to Sheffield Wednesday early on two 0 It's yeah, it's just a little bit all over the place. And I think I think now we seem to be finding a bit more rhythm. That the early games we looked a bit disjointed. I think we were getting used to um, a new striker in Kiefer Moore. We were, we were without Tomlin for a little bit, and and we were getting used to how we were playing there. But I think the last few games we we we've sort of found our rhythm. So I'm hoping that the early days were just that that kind of feeling each other out and getting used to a new way of playing. And and the last four games are more indicative of what it's going to be like for the future because. Yeah, we, we need to start turning some of those draws into wins, really. Absolutely. I mean, after obviously what. Yeah. Um, obviously, when, when you look at the transfer window and, and the, the people that you brought in, obviously Harry Wilson, which we will go on to in a bit more detail. Um, obviously, you've got uh, Ojo from Liverpool as well. Um, Keep my roof. Uh, Cardiff-style signings, and, and pretty pretty decent at this yeah. level. Uh, and obviously, there's obviously a certain way now that Cardiff Cardiff are looking to play um, a lot different to what you was possibly playing under under Warnock and that kind of that kind of era. Um, but for for me, looking at it from an outsider, I mean Harry Wilson certainly. I mean he, he is going to get the name mentioned, obviously <laughs> the most in the podcast, one hundred percent. Especially from being a Derby fan. But yeah. if he can replicate, not just at Derby, but obviously 
before before at Hull as well if he can replicate anything like that at Cardiff with obviously Ruth uh, as well with and that's just two yeah. two players you know that, that are in, in that squad you've got to be quietly confident that Cardiff can can do something this season I think so I think um, last year we relied quite heavily on Lee Tomlin um, Lee Tomlin I think got sort of 10 goals 9 assists last year and was Basically, whenever we wanted something to happen on the pitch, we'd send him out or we'd just give him the ball and see what magic he could pull out. Um, and I think the idea of bringing Wilson in means that we take the pressure off Tomlin somewhat. So I'm, I'm hoping really that, you know, as, as Nigel will know as well, as Cardiff fans, we've not seen a striker score sort of above eight or nine goals in, in many a season now. So bringing in Kiefer Moore was, was key for that, really. And I think if him and Wilson could replicate what they do for Wales, um, if, if Wilson can get the balls into the box and Kiefer Moore get on the end of it, then then we should be kind of coming up trumps there. And I think Kiefer Moore's a lump, right? He's six foot five, he's a big, big unit. And I think a lot of people look at him and go, he's going to play the Cardiff way. But I think we're, we're, we're seeing a different side of him. He's a very intelligent footballer. The goal we scored against Preston, for example, he broke with the ball, laid it into Ojo and, and, and took the defender away from Ojo. That opened up the gap for him to run into it and, and fire in the goal. So I think... Yeah, more will win headers and get, and, you know, be the target man we need. But I think also he's going to create that space for the players behind him. And we've got wingers as well. You, you know, you, you look at people like Josh Murphy who are expecting big things from finally. You look at Junior Hoylet. Those guys have got goals in them as well. And I think the idea really is that Kiefer Moore is just going to occupy defenders to the point where they, they, they lose the other players. And I think, you know, last year there was probably... We, we, we didn't have a striker who scored those goals. And I think if we can get Wilson scoring... 10, 12 goals like he has done before, if we can get Tomlin to score a similar amount and keep for more to get 15, 20 goals, then that can only be good for us as a club because it's going to fill the gaps that we were missing last year. I think two points that you've just made from made there, I mean, as you say, Kimar Roof, he's been doing it for Wales as well, which is which is always a sign of a striker in form. If you're doing it for club and country, you know, you, yeah. that, that's great. Um, and the other one I would say is um, um, not... Not blowing our own trumpet here, but Kimar Roof, I think, was somebody that Derby were interested in. Why the deal moved away from us, I really, I'm not sure, but he was certainly somebody that it was. It was in all the papers yeah. around around me that you know he was somebody that we were interested in. I think it goes to show you that he was a he was a sought after target um, in in the summer, and by all accounts, you've done you've done pretty well to fight off the competition for him, as you have for a couple of your signings that you've that you've made this year. Obviously, again, another name check for yeah. um, as, as to be said. Um, that, to me, is probably... And I, I know, again, it's all... He's got to do it again, but every everything we point towards it, he can do it at yeah. this level. I would I would go as far as saying that's probably the be- one of the best, if not the best, champ- signing from a championship club this season. Um, I, I'd, str- I'd, argue, I'd argue the point with any of the others. Um, that's for sure, because I, I just think what he can bring you, obviously from what I've seen, and obviously I'm sure you'll see when he plays for Wales and things like that as well. He's he, he can just do the business at this level. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things, one of the things that kind of hindered him a little bit at Derby was there was a lot of the onus on him, mm. and he had once he'd scored two or three of the goals that we know he's capable of doing, Derby fans expected it every week. But I think yeah, that, I was, can imagine. that was probably because we didn't have a great deal else in the side. Now, as you've just mentioned there, Ben, you know, Cardiff have got another three, four, five, like you say, Tom, fantastic last season. Mm-hmm. There are other players there that can take a little bit of the of the onus off him, maybe a little bit of the pressure off him. I know, obviously, Wilson will want to go and do well at a Welsh club. There's no doubt about that. Um 
but that might actually play in into Cardiff's favor, hand, really. That you know, he's not the focal point. There are others around him, and at the end of the day, as I say, if he if he can come up with anything like the form that he's shown at a championship level, I I struggle to see that Cardiff won't be too far too far away. Um, Nigel, come to you. Um, as, as we've just alluded to there with the fixtures, a bit of a bedding in process. The, the Wilson deal was was right up at the deadline. It's important now for Cardiff, obviously, to the next three or four games before the international breaks really, really need to start kicking on. And like Ben alluded to, there turn yeah. some of these draws into wins, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they. Um, I think they had a bit of a disjointed start in the season off the pitch, um, and I think what we saw in the summer was a lot of players leaving the club. And it, they obviously, you know, in this COVID world, um, everyone wants to be Cardiff for no difference, but. Um, they also had a lot of players on quite high salaries that they weren't be, weren't involved with the first team. So I did feel for a, quite a while amongst Cardiff fans that there was a, a major cost-cutting exercise going on. And maybe they were lacking a little bit of ambition. So um, they've got rid of, I think it's eight or nine players who were repu- reputedly on salaries of £20,000 or more since the end of last season. And only one of those, I would say, was a, a regular first-teamer. Um, so they uh, players coming in were very slow. Kiefer Moore came in. Uh, we were lucky there. And I think part of the reason Cardiff got him was it's a big year for the country of Wales in the Euros next summer. And playing at Cardiff puts him in the shop window there. And I think that was a decisive factor for Harry Wilson as well. Um, but yeah, we only had one player and Kiefer Moore was the only player that came in until um, transfer window. So these three landing right on transfer window deadline day did give a, a new burst of enthusiasm. But on the pitch, I think they've also looked at a little bit disjointed to start the season as, um, you know, try to, Neil Harris is trying to get a more progressive brand of football and certainly there's more possession in Cardiff from last season. I think, you know, everyone recognised they played 30, 40% possession and they try and hit you hard on the break. Not, I, I dispute they were a long ball team, but they were very effective when they uh, went, went that route. This season, they're trying to uh, play it on the floor a little bit more. I think arguably they're possibly not quite creative enough at the moment. That's starting to come slowly. You can see signs, and certainly with Harry Wilson there, um, I think that will pick up over the next few games. So it's encouraging that even though they haven't really hit their stride yet, they, they've had this four-game unbeaten run. They've also had to come from behind twice to get draws in, in the last week, even though it's disappointing to drop more points at home. So it is showing good signs that there is something starting to progress there. But yeah, it's all about getting the Ws now, same as Derby as well, isn't it? You know, um, the only, the only way you'll get up this table is with a couple of wins in, in fairly quick succession, and that's what both sides will be looking for. Jason, I think we found our Welsh listener because I think Nigel just is listening to our podcast because that's exactly what we've been saying. You're dead on, Nigel. Um, and, I think, and I think for us, I think one of the betting slips Jason also put on, Ben, um, was how many times we're going to mention Harry Wilson in one podcast. Um, and so he's already up like – I think he's already mentioned Harry Wilson 15 times. So I'm going to go for my first mention. <laughs> Um, Nigel, you just touched on it there. You know, Cardiff, you said, you know, they have a lot of players on 20,000 pound plus a week. Um, from what we understand with Harry Wilson was he's gone to Cardiff and I think the complete package to take him, um, to, to the Bluebirds was I think 5 million when you take in his 60, 66,000 pound a week wage, when you look at his, um, you know, the, the, the loan fee, I don't know how many, I don't know if there's, you know, a, a, a thing in there that he has to play so many games as well. I know sometimes big clubs do that. I mean, 
in your perspective, Ben, Nigel, um, whoever wants it, you know, if, is it is it a massive gamble for Cardiff to, to to take on this financial risk for a for a player that they're only going to have for a season, or is he the player that takes Cardiff back to the promised land? It's an interesting one, Cody. I think um, first and foremost, the club are actually disputing the the financials of that and, and are reputedly saying it's nowhere near the figures that have been banded around in the press. Um, some are saying it's about twenty five thousand pound a week. Um, there is a, a loan fee and there's a bonus if Cardiff get promoted with Paddy Wilson as well that they would need to pay the end of the season. Um, what you have to remember with Cardiff this season is they have parachute money. So they do have the finances to do a, a one-season deal for, for someone like Harry Wilson and also offloading the players that they had. And maybe that makes more commercial sense than buying a championship player for two or three million pounds, putting them on a three-year deal, fairly high salary. And if things don't go right for the club this season, you, you You've got a longer-term budget for a player there than a one-off hit with uh, someone like Harry Wilson, who is proven at this level, you know, with as he did with Derby, what he did for you in that one season. And you would like to think he'll replicate that with Cardiff. So I think it's, I can see how it can make commercial sense. And, and as I say, Cardiff are saying that the deal is nowhere near the figures that have been banded in the press, but um, we can only go by what they're telling us. And Ben, we've, we've touched on, we've touched on two players there that Cardiff have recently signed, Kiefer Moore and... Harry Wilson, got to mention him again. Um, but one other player, one other bit of business I was kind of impressed that Cardiff did was obviously they got rid of Neil Etheridge. I rate Etheridge as a very good goalkeeper, but Nigel, when he came on last time, explained kind of why Etheridge had fallen down the pecking order and not, not been in and around the team. Alex Smith, he's obviously is the starting keeper. Um, but was the move to get Dylan Phillips from Charlton. Mm. Um, obviously, he didn't play uh, against Middlesbrough, um, but... Is Dylan Phillips? Is Dylan Phillips the? Is he? Is he the goalkeeper in waiting for Alex Smithies, or is Alex Smithies got those gloves, and then Dylan Phillips is more of the long-term solution? I think I think it's the latter, really. Um, you know, uh, I my 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 views on Neil Etheridge are that he's the the only no-footed goalkeeper I've ever seen. You're never sure if he's left or right-footed because <laughs> he's crap with both. Um, uh, and I think it was you know Smithies has come really in and feel, just kind ben. of yeah. <laughs> I liked him. As, he was a great. Great shot stopper, and he was a good keeper in the Premier League. But last year, he just kind of fell apart a little bit. And um, Smithies is just—he's probably the most solid keeper we've had in years. He's brilliant from shots. You know, he made a world-class save against Bournemouth in the week that you know is, is as good a save as I've ever seen. He—he's very commanding, and he seems to have the the, the understanding with the defence. With with Smithies, um, I don't really know how much longer he he can be at the club. I think his contract runs for another couple of years, but I think he's got designs perhaps on, on moving back north so I think Dylan Phillips is is more of a, a future proofing for us I mean Phillips I think was player of the year for Charlton last year um, and I think to get him in and I think he was unhappy with everything that was going on with Charlton at the moment because I know the, the club's in in somewhat of disarray um, and I think to get him in because he's what 25 26 I think if if Smithies leaves in in the next couple of years which you know we we don't know what's going to come down the down the line um I think Dylan Phillips will, will take the gloves and, and be our future number one we we had this guy called Joe Day as our backup goalie who never really had a chance at Cardiff but um probably probably isn't championship standard or, or going to be threatening um the number one jersey and I think in reality I think Phillips is is probably two years away from being our number one he, he can come in now bed in understand how the club works understand how the players work and then then he's ready to go when when we need him to be Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's a really smart thing, especially we had kind of, he was, name was kind of bended about as a Derby County target in summer as well, obviously with the goalkeeping issues that Derby had. Um, mm -hmm. But it's good to see, you know, Cardiff kind of have some sort of plan with players, which I don't, I don't know. It kind of seems like that's, that's a nice thing for a club to have. I don't necessarily know how much Derby invest in that, in that kind of modus operandi either. 
Um, but I wanted to get the views from you first, Ben, and then over to you, Nigel. Um, aspirations for Cardiff. Last season, they got to the playoffs. Um, you know, they, they, they obviously lost in the playoff semifinal. Um, for me, they were kind of out of the – no disrespects. For me, they were kind of the weakest team that were in the playoffs last season. Um, mm-hmm. is, it, is it playoffs – is it playoffs this season? Is it promotion or bust? Is it we can hopefully sneak stop six? What's what's the feeling around for for you guys with the club? I think if you if you'd asked us before we'd signed a, a name check for Harry Wilson, um, if you asked us before Harry Wilson, we probably would have been thinking maybe mid table um, pushing for the playoffs. But I think now that we've signed Wilson, now that we've signed a, f- a few other players, and you know the, we, we we kind of. Uh, improved our, our forward line as well. I think playoffs are a minimum, really. I think we were very unlucky last year in the playoffs. You know, we, we took Fulham very close in the second leg, and I think there was question marks over one of the goals they scored in the first leg of the playoffs. And if that hadn't happened, then it would have been all to play for, and we, we could have made our way to the final, you know, against all odds. But I think N- Neil Harris is, is slightly changing the way we play, as, um, as, as Nigel alluded to. We're, we're playing more with the ball. We're, we're slightly less reliant on the counter-attack and the direct football. We you know, we're, I think three or four games this year, we've had more possession than the other side, which is almost unheard of for a Cardiff City side. And we're, we're making more passes than we ever have before. So I think with that evolution, with the new players that we brought in, I think playoffs really, you know, they're a minimum. This league is, I think you guys probably probably know how how, how topsy-turvy this league is as, as much as anyone. And I think if, if we get a couple of results going our way and we start picking up those wins, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't, can't cement a place in the top six. Nigel, same Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that, Ben. I think um, the trouble with Cardiff, um, this time last year, very strong at home, very weak mm. away under Neil Warnock. Um, and what we've seen in the 12 months since um, with Neil Harris is everything has flipped on its head. So um, obviously, the, as you'll know at home, Cardiff haven't won this season. They lost their first two and they've now had two draws, in, including yesterday, where they've had to come back to get a 1-1 in both the games last week. Yet on the road, they've... Um, They've got more points than any other club in the country since Neil Harris has become yeah. manager. Last 10 aways, they've won eight and they've drawn one. Um, so they, they really have to get this home form running. There's, as long as they get that sorted out, there's no reason why they won't be in the, in the top six. In what I think this year is a particularly open division. Now, obviously, we, we tend to say that every year, but um, there's not too many standout sides to me. Bournemouth came down here last week that I thought they were very good. And obviously, they, you know, Watford strong as well um, and I, I think the sentiment is right that if any team can get in front of those two you're going to get an automatic promotion but certainly Cardiff were a bit too re- disrespectful uh, of Bournemouth first half last week when they went toe-to-toe with them second half yeah. probably one of the best 45 minutes of football I'd seen for a long time um, and we showed we can play and live with those teams um, and I think there's more confidence coming into them so yeah I'm quite confident but really they have to sort the home form it's, um, it's been pretty poor for a long time Yeah, I mean, just to, you mentioned there, Nigel. Obviously, Watford. We've we've seen what Watford can can do. Um, must admit, I don't think they were at the best against Derby last Friday. But I must admit, I did see them yesterday uh, against Bournemouth, and uh, I thought actually it was a it was a pretty decent game. Uh, in all fairness, both teams. I think you'd expect them to uh, you'd expect them to be up there, and I'd have to agree with you. If any team can get in between them or above them, then chances are you're going to be you are going to be you are going to be right up there. I would have thought. Um, moving on towards more um, the game on Wednesday, I believe it is. Seems a bit strange with with a game every <laughs> with a game every couple of days. Uh, Derby obviously played Friday. Now we've got to wait till Wednesday for a game. It's it'd be a nice 
be a nice five five game five day break actually. Um, yeah, luxury. Well, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, which uh, due to Derby's injury uh, record at the minute can only can only help Derby. Um, obviously, the downside off, is though I don't get to see Jason every couple of days, so that is one downside <laughs> to that. That's it. That's true. But after you know, after after Derby picked up a, a relatively positive result on uh, on Friday night against Nottingham Forest, um, and you say there that obviously Cardiff's away form is is the better. Well, Derby, I think, have lost every single home game so far. Um, <laughs> I don't actually think we've won a home game. I don't think we've won a home game for about four months. I think is uh, yeah. over the cross of the two seasons. So this one could be uh, this one could be an interesting one. Um, Obviously, again, another name check, Harry Wilson. Um, coming back to obviously a place where where he's had where he had success at this level, um, and not only that, like you said, I think um, Keith Moore as well. You know, chances are he'll he'll cause Derby um, a few problems. We don't tend to defend that well against against target men. In all fairness, um, and the others that obviously there, Ben, that you've mentioned, you know. Cardiff, Cardiff have got some quality. Cardiff have mm-hmm. got some quality. Other than obviously what I have just mentioned, where where's the game from a Cardiff's perspective? Where's where's the game won and lost Wednesday? Um, I think from defensively against Preston last weekend, we were. I mean, Sean Morrison was colossal. Um, basically defended everything that came to him um, and kept out. Um, you know, a pretty good Preston side. I think ultimately it's going to be in the final third and um, of both ends of the pitch. Really, if we can defend well. And if we can get Sean Morrison and, and Nelson playing as well as they can do, then I, I really don't see you guys scoring past us. Um, probably famous last words if you know if they have a bad game and all that kind of stuff. But um, against Preston, they were so good it was it was it was almost a joke really how good they were. And Smithies as well in goals behind them. That three is just almost impervious at times. Um, and then obviously up front, I think if if Kiefer Moore can tick um, and get the better of your defenders and and win those headers, get make those runs and, and bring in the wing wing players. If it's that's Ojo Wilson, if it's Murphy, whoever. Then I, you know, if they get ticking over, I think they're going to cause you a lot of problems defensively. I think, you know, you guys know, know all about Harry Wilson. All he needs is one shot from the edge of the box, really. If Kiefer Moore can make him some space and get the ball back to him, and he can get it in from the edge of the box, then I, I you know, I, I can see those kind of being the most important places really for us to to exploit on um, on Wednesday. And I think, to be honest with you, Ben, I think that's quite an important uh, important point towards the game on Wednesday. There's been a fair few goals that Derby have conceded this season because. They have been from 20 to 25 yards because we have sat mm-hmm. back. We have let team open at Watford's goal last Friday against us. It was it was a nothing game really. It was a it was a yeah. contest and you know that, if it's a lapse of concentration, whatever it may well be, yeah. you give somebody who's got who's got the foot of somebody like Wilson and any type of space, and we more than anybody should know that. Um, then yeah, it, it's it's going to cause trouble. So I, I think Cardiff I think Cardiff are, are in for some joy. Uh, I must admit, on Wednesday, what I would say is sound more confident than us. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I do think they, I do think they can. Uh, what I would say, certainly from a, from a Derby's perspective, is that the last three games have been much better for Derby. Uh, that four 0 defeat against Blackburn at home was was a wake up call. It really, really was. Um, I think a few stern words were said to certain individuals and senior senior players that are in our squad that. You know that basically that was just not good enough, and since then we've um, we've dropped a couple of youth players that we were that we were pushing with and brought back a bit more experience. Um, we've shored up quite a bit. Um, we obviously we started against Norwich. We kept a clean sheet. We should have kept a clean sheet against Watford. In, in all fairness, 
Um, Huddersfield was only a one-nil defeat for us, and they caught us on a counter. And then again, again on Forest, against Forest on Friday, although we come see yeah. that piece, which mm. is our Achilles heel a little bit. Other than that, defensively in open play, we we, we were we were pretty strong. But I know, as I say, just back to a point I made a minute ago, I know one of the big the big problems we've had this season. We came up against Preston in the cup. Um, and I can't for the life of me remember his name now, but their centre forward, it, we we just couldn't cope with him. He was he was just too strong. He was just too dominant. Um, what I'm hoping, obviously, we've we've learned from one or two mistakes. Yeah. Uh, in, in that yeah. in that scenario, um, you mentioned about Cardiff's defence. One thing that we have seen, unfortunately, it was only Friday uh, for Derby, but was the return of um, two major striking options for Derby in the in the ranks and with only I think 30 40 minutes of first team football under the belts this season due to injury what they did on, on Friday was, was was massive for for the team and it's something that we have struggled you know we don't we only yeah. scored like two goals conceded nine or whatever it was in the first mm-hmm. in the first couple of games but straight away that um what what they brought in was what they brought to Derby's table was was magnificent, and as I say, the, f- the five game wait, the five day wait, should I say, to the game would make me believe that both of those should now start. Will start Wednesday. I think he would have played Tuesday, even though it's only a day difference. They they did both play. I think 85, 90 minutes. Which we talking about there, Chase? It's Waghorn, isn't it? Waghorn and, and Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence, of course. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. Who Tom Lawrence unfortunately had a, had an injury. Uh, the back end of last season, um, yeah. I think he had to have an operation on his shoulder. Um, and the I other, said, Jason, he's the other Welsh wizard on the field. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. one. It is we the know him quite well Welsh, at Cardiff as well. Welsh wizards, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Um, and to be fair, Waghorn, it was it was the first first start he made on Friday. And Derby's Derby set up; they need a focal point, and we mm-hmm. haven't had one. Wagon brought that in abundance um, and allowed Lawrence and Yosviak to uh, our other uh, summer signing uh, or win- window signing, not really the summer, but window signing, um, who, who's, who's direct all day long. He, he loves he loves to yeah. run. Um, it's going it, it's going to be an interesting. I think both. Are, I'm a lot more confident from a Derby perspective attacking wise now. Yeah. Um, and I must admit, as I say, over the last three or four games defensively, it's been it's been pretty much better for Derby. Everything that we're just saying there, it looks like it could be an absolute boring nil nil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past Cardiff. Yeah. I, think, I think one of the key, I do think one of the key areas, and I, I want to get your two's opinion on this before before we move on to a score prediction, is the battle in midfield. We had pretty much a three-four-three um, against Forest on Friday night, and it, that's the first time we've used it. But in all fairness, it's something that I know they practiced on in pre-season. For Cardiff's mid- midfield point. I'll go to Ben first, then then you, Nigel. From a mid from a midfield point of view, how how do they normally set up in the middle of the park? Well, we 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 tend to play um, a kind of two two. Either be we'll have Joe Rawls. Um, uh, Marlon Pack, Will Volks is kind of like the the, the two defensive midfielders. Um, Bakuna can play there as well, but he's kind of more favoured at right back at the moment because of injury issues there. And then they'll play either behind um, Tomlin or at the moment it's been Wilson in the last couple of games. So it's kind of like a um, we kind of play five in the midfield with the wingers, um, but it's kind of almost like 
two holding, one attacking with the wingers alongside the attacking midfielder. Um, my favourite two will probably at the moment probably be um, Rawls and, and Pack. I think Joe Rawls is um, a bit metronomic for us. He makes things tick over. He's always getting the ball, always looking for the ball and always does the right thing with it. And I think Marlon Pack's been brilliant this year. But um, Will Vox had, has, has been good in the last couple of games as well. And Will Vox is a willing runner and he's willing to get stuck in, which you know always goes down well with us. So it, it could be any one of those, uh, a combo of those three, really. Yeah, I think Ben's right. Um, Neil Harris, because of this clutch of games in a short period of time, he's been rotating a couple of players in midfield and also up front as well. Um, so I think Pack was on the bench yesterday and used. Yeah. He'll definitely come in on Wednesday. Got no doubt at all about that. I think the challenge for Cardiff at the moment, they're very strong away. They haven't conceded a goal away this season, um, which is in reverse fortune to, to the home <laughs> game. Um, but we actually have uh, both our right and left sided defenders injured. Um, there's a chance that Joe Bennett will come back in on Wednesday. I think he is training again now. But mm-hmm. Bakuno, who has been playing in midfield, as Ben alluded to, has been playing right back the last couple of games. Um, I think Cardiff did, did themselves a disservice. They should have brought in another defender in the transfer window. And I think the fact we've had those two injuries is starting to show a little bit, which is unfortunate because the, uh, the right sided defender. Uh, OC22 is on loan from Arsenal. He's shown a lot of promise, but uh, he pulled up again yesterday, so I don't mm. think he's going to be involved. I think the disappointment for Cardiff in midfield is that uh, Wayne Rooney will be playing. He really didn't impress at all at uh, Cardiff last season, and you did seem to be very one-paced and slow about him. And it played into Cardiff hands a little bit, but I think with the players you've got personnel, you'd probably be more combated if the new word than we saw at Derby at Cardiff. But um, yeah, it's an interesting game. There's going to be challenges with both sides of the players injured, players coming back from injuries. So um, it'll be an interesting one to see how it uh, develops. Yeah, Jesus, Nigel, tell us what you really feel about Wayne Rooney. Um, <laughs> the good thing is, the good thing is, is that I said this last time, but Wayne Rooney's got a nice watch to count down the times until he can pull the Rams shirt <laughs> back on. So at least that's a bonus. We can't all feel bad. Um, I asked this question a couple weeks ago, but I feel like I have to. I sorry, Jason, I have to go back and I have to ask it again. Um, because I've been watching the Creed movies recently and following the Eddie Hearn Twitter account. All right, so Bartley the Bluebird, um, I don't know if people are aware of this, but several years ago he got into trouble because he beat up um, Robbie the Bobby at a Bury game. Uh, and apparently it took uh, seven stewards to break the fight up. So <laughs> qu- question real quick, who would win in a fight, Bartley the Bluebird or Rammy the Ram? Ben? I, I'm going to go Bartley the Bluebird, but if, if Nigel was at the game, then he's probably got more experience than seeing the man in action. So um, well, I'll defer to his knowledge on this occasion. I've got an interesting story about that one, because that was at a time that Sam Amman was in charge of the club. And um, I can't remember. What was the name of the Berry mascot? Did you say it, Corey? Uh, it was Robbie the Bobby. Yeah, apparently their, their mascot had a bit of a reputation. And, and word got back to Cardiff City. So Sam Amman decided to send one of the uh, bad boy hooligans turned good boy up to Berry in a mascot suit. Um, <laughs> for the sole purpose of having a bit of a dust up with the, the Berry mascot. And I turned up uh, pre-game, go in the toilets, and there's this mascot with his head off in the sink, spliffing away like a... <laughs> <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, there he is on the pitch, squaring up, rolling all over the pitch. Toppers are involved, the players are trying to pull him apart. So it was an interesting one. So I suppose it, it depends who's in the mascot costume. <laughs> the guy we had, we had that night, we got a good chance. <laughs> so you're really telling me it was you, Nigel? <laughs> it, well, it would fit me the costume. <laughs> uh, Jason, should we move back on to the more serious parts of the pod now? I appreciate Ben and Nigel and, and 
Bartley Lubert. I think I would have to go with that. Remy's a little bit more of a friendly kind of Ram, you know, like hugging <laughs> kids and, you know, community service kind of things. I don't think he's one of those kind of bad boy ones, which is unfortunate. No, he's, he's not. He's, he's not a bad boy sheep, unfortunately, is the <laughs> Remy. But yeah, so of course, it only really leaves us with uh, pretty much one thing to do, and that is, as you well know, Nigel, from last time, we've got to, do, we've got to try and do a score prediction. Um, from everything that we've just discussed over the last half hour, sounds like it could actually be quite an interesting game. Mm. Um, I must admit, I think for me, as, as we've mentioned uh, for the final time, Harry Wilson um, <laughs> is going to be, could well be a thorn in Derby's side. I, I think, that, as we mentioned, the way that Cardiff's front line play could cause Derby one or two one or two things. The point you just made there, Nigel, like you say, last time, Wayne Rooney, we, we've kind of gone away from expecting him to be the, the messiah. One, one player that we will have, um, in, I would expect in central, I mean, Ronnie, he don't mind a tackle. He hasn't got a problem with the physical side of the game whatsoever. Um, sometimes the way that we set up kind of stops him from expressing himself as much as he'd like to. Yeah. But I think that's more a, a, a disciplined thing about keeping in shape because that's what Derby do. They do, they do like to keep in shape. Um, I think if he was given a bit more of an expressive role around the pitch, I think we'd see a completely different player uh, as well. But I think what we get from him is pretty decent. So I think he's going to be he's going to be certainly one of the, the main people to link the back to the front. And he, he normally does that pretty well. So he's certainly one... If I remember right, he had a very good game at Cardiff yeah, um, was, at the end of last season. He was probably the best player that night, if I remember right. More than right. likely. Uh, I know that last season we had to play him out on the wing a bit more, which he's not his natural position, yeah. but I, he, he does good things out there, but he's not he's not, he's not not a winger at all. So I think I think it will come down to the midfield battle. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, I think based on Cardiff's decent away record, Derby have got to pick up something at home uh, sooner rather than later. We, we were sort of robbed on Friday night from, from a second second victory of the season, but that was away from home. But Derby's form, Derby's results have got to turn around at home. So, um, mm. small steps from Derby, I think, at the moment. I'm going to go draw. Um, I'm expecting a bit of a goal fest in this one, actually. Um, I'm going to go 2-2, I think. Ben? <laughs> I was, I was going to go 2-1 to Cardiff, I think. Um <laughs> It sounds like you guys are improving, so I, you know I don't want to do you a disservice and say that you're not going to get a goal. Um, but I think I, I fancy the way we, we've been playing the last few games. Like as Nigel said earlier, the second half against Bournemouth was some of the best football we've probably played in a long time. Um, and I think hopefully we'll, we'll we'll continue to build on the last couple of games as much as we didn't win yesterday. It was you know we, we dominated possession and passes and, and made some chances. So I think go two one. I reckon I reckon Wilson might might come back to haunt you guys, and I think him and Kiefer Moore are going to get get a goal each. Yeah, it probably will. Nigel, where, where are you going? Yeah, I, I'm in my head. It's a one-one, or hopefully, you know, Cardiff can nick it two-one if someone if Harry can pull out something special. He scored against Bournemouth, who we played for last season, last week. So uh, he could well do the same this week. Um, yeah, I think it is going to be a tight game, and it may well. I I don't see Cardiff will keep another clean sheet. They've had three on the bounce away. You just don't keep clean sheets going away from home forever. So. It wouldn't surprise me if you scored against us. So, um, yeah, it's it's how we managed to uh, shape up to that at the other end. The one thing I would say about Cardiff is I think the last three games, particularly the home games, they've started day very slowly. Um, and if you can take advantage of them from the off, you, you've got every chance because they're, they're playing very... Uh, they're taking a little time to get into their strides. So, second half, yesterday they dominated it. All it was frustrated against uh, a Warnock team doing what Warnock 
worn at Dez, as we've seen for quite a number of years at Cardiff. But um, they are slowly but surely finding their stride, I think. So hopefully you can get them more into a sort of third, fourth gear from the start rather than second and then revving it up second half. They, they do need to show that little bit more intensity than they have in the first half of the game recently. Right, so for me, I think it's going to be the battle um, of the Welsh Wizards. I'm going to give him one more mention because everybody else mentioned him. And, you know, if I don't, I'll just seem like a loser. And I don't want to seem like a loser every week on the podcast. So uh, I think it's going to come down between Harry Wilson and Tom Lawrence. Um, you know, when you look at Welsh teams, Welsh players tend to either play well against them or not. Tom Lawrence is Derby County's most important player. Um, any way you slice it, it's just the truth. Um, and with Harry Wilson and his ability... Uh, even to link up with another Welshman, Kiefer Moore. Uh, I think I think that'll be the decider. And I'm going to go much with what Nigel says, and I'm going to agree with a 1-1 draw. Not a 2-1 card if win like Nigel did. I disagree with that one <laughs> tremendously, but I'm going to go with a, I'm gonna go with a 1-1 draw because I think Derby, the way they played against Forrest, um, you know, you start to see some green shoots playing, and Tom Lawrence is playing his way back into form. So I'm going to go for 1-1. Jason? Yeah, I mean, we... Uh... Could be completely wrong, and Corey, you you know from a Derby's perspective, we we got a reaction from what was a difficult result against Huddersfield last week in, in midweek. We expected a, a performance, and we got one. Unfortunately, what we have seen at Derby over, over Koku's complete eighteen month reign is that we get a couple of games, we have a really poor performance, and then he has to give him a tongue lashing again. <laughs> we, and then we perform for one game, and then we sort of kind of drop back into this just I don't know what it I don't know why because I mean now obviously certainly now we're getting with the return of these couple of people who back from injury we we should have enough to be able to compete in this division I'm struggling to see how we're not to be perfectly honest with you appreciate we haven't had those players just yet um, and as I say that's why I'm, I'm hoping but it could easily turn I mean we've got yourselves on uh, Wednesday and then we've got we go to Bournemouth on Saturday um, which you know, they don't, they don't, they, they come thick and fast, and they don't really get any easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's relentless. Yeah, and then I think uh, is it QPR we've got Corey before the international break then? And yeah, we, the Derby's got Barnsley and then QPR. Yeah, so yeah, even though still you know not Whoa. none of them are easy. So we, we've got to start. We said from a from a supporters group from, from us that. It's been a it's been a really rotten start, but we were waiting for four or five players to get back into the first team. They're starting to filter in now, so this is now the time we've got to probably yourselves and Bournemouth maybe a little bit at this moment in time for Derby a bit too much, but certainly those last two, you know, Barnsley and uh, QPR, you would you would hope that we'd challenge that. So, what's the feeling with Kaku like now? Is because from time to time we hear he's sort of one or two games yeah. away, one or two bad results away from being dismissed, is that still the case? Or is... well, I mean, yeah, I mean, after the Uddersfield game last Tuesday, I mean, everybody was, uh, there was a lot, there was a lot. Of, you, had, of... you had people, Nigel, that wanted Derby to get beat by their rivals, Forrest, yeah. just so the manager would so get So he got sacked, yeah. Right. Um, it's think... like, it's just ridiculous. But and, when, you, and... when you look at it, I mean, every manager's two or three games from the sack, right? Whether it's whether it's Neil yeah. Harris or, or it's Philip Kaku, but... I wouldn't read too much into whole Wayne Rooney's biding his time, looking at his new fancy wristwatch to to <laughs> the, uh, you know to take the managerial job because when you look at it, you know Philip Cock has got a long term deal. Darby don't have a lot of money, and if they sack mm. him, who are you going to get to replace him? Because Eddie Howe's not coming to the East Midlands, mm-hmm. so you know who who, who are you going to get? Because Wayne Rooney trying to take a team that's in the relegation zone and try to save them is a very difficult ask. 
Yeah. Oh, it's massive. I think the thing is, and we've said it, Corey, that all this talk came about, but Wayne Rooney hasn't got his coaching badges to become a manager. So he can't, he can't actually manage us anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong, that probably wouldn't stop somebody coming in on a 12-month on basis while he finished off his, his yeah. badges and then took over. But he, he could not move in tomorrow and, and take over that job. But I mean, it's something that me and Corey have said. I mean, we've made... I mean, the squad turnover this year, it, well, in the, in the close, was about nine. So I think we shipped out four or five, brought in four or five. As I say, the guys had three of them, four of them, out, out up until the, last weekend. There was yeah. best part of 45 goals from last season out of the team. Yeah, obviously, Chris Martin's yeah. gone to Bristol. Obviously, Tom Lawrence, Wagon, they were the other two top goal scorers for us. We've brought in this Polish lad, Jozwiak, who is, is as direct as they come. I mean, he really is. Um, and obviously, we've still got Jordan Ibe, obviously, we brought in, who's still building up his fitness and that kind of thing. You, you would expect goals in them. You oh. can't see how they wouldn't. Um, yeah. So, it would have been... It would, almost, it would have been criminal to sack him because he's yeah. put this team together, he's not had a chance to use it, and then somebody else has got to come in and, let's face it, nine times out of ten, another manager comes in with a different vibe, a different thought process, and starts, and starts tearing it apart again when yeah. they haven't really had the chance to actually hit the ground running and, and do anything about it. So, I mean, we, we've both been, it seems silly to let him go. It's football, don't get me wrong, and I'm sure managers have been sacked for less. Yeah. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, well, we've only got to look at Forest down the road for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, but I mean, it's what you know. It's one of those, isn't it? And I think things can change. And, and I dare say, the result against Forest has brought in more time than it would have done any other game. Yeah, yeah. If we lose to you, you on on Wednesday, we get beat by Bournemouth, and we don't pick anything up between then and the next international break. He could well be gone. Yeah, and, you're in the bottom three over the break then, yeah. Yeah, and at that point, even I think even I'd put my hands up and go, it's difficult, yeah. it's difficult to defend him. We did a podcast uh, last week. That we, we was, I spent the best part of 25 minutes trying to defend him. And I think when you're trying to defend a manager like that too much, there's clearly something wrong that you've got to keep yeah. coming up with things, yeah. haven't you? That, that you actually defend to defend him. Because the thing we always talk about is like the excuses, right? It's always, well, he's never had his full 11. Well, the club record signing's been out injured for a year. Well, he's had lots of injuries this season. Well, he's had off-the-field distractions. And so now you've yeah. had virtually no off-the-season distractions. In a, in a Derby sense, there's still off-the-field distractions. But in a Derby sense of massive off-the-field distractions, right? There's only been the Karuni virus. And so then, you know, the, the injuries are starting to... Nice rebrand. are starting to... Uh, <laughs> I like that. To, to get healed, right? And so the, the excuses for him are starting to, to wane away. And like Jason said, we tried to sit on and defend him because we don't, you know, bringing a new manager yeah. is not always the answer. It sounds good and it's like sexy to bring in a new manager. But at the end of the day, Darby's chopped and changed managers for like 12 years and they're still in the championship. And they've spent yeah. so much money wasted on like random uh, firings and stuff. And so like, but at some point, like you say, Nigel, if you're in the bottom three and you're a game or two games away from the international break, you're going to get the yeah. sack because for me, it's always, you know, the international breaks are always dangerous and a reevaluation time because if you sack a manager, oh, they've got a game and then they've got two weeks without a game that they can fit yeah. and try to mold their squad. So it's always a really dangerous yeah. time right before an international break. But you're dead on it. If you don't pick it up any points, you're gone. And the international break is the perfect time to make that change. But I think Jason and myself saw enough on Friday night where we're like, for us, it bought, a, it bought we were starting to get a little bit we were still on board the Kaku train, but we were starting to hope, you know, it's slowing down a little bit. 
but Friday night, I think we were just talking before you guys came on that it's kind of bought us a little bit more time uh, yeah. to say, okay, we can start to see the green shoots here. You know, you can start to see some sort of improvement, but you know, like you say, yeah. but it's about getting W's and wins on the board and points. So completely. And that's yeah. what we've got to do over the next four games, isn't it? At the end of the day, and from a derby perspective, because as I say, like, like we just alluded to there, if you take 45 goals out of any team, it doesn't matter where you are, what country you play in, what league you play in, yeah. you take 45 goals out of your team, you're not the same you're beast struggle. at all. You're not the same beast at all. So it's just unfortunate it's taken that little bit longer. And I think one of the other points you've just made there, Corey, I think with the, with the win, end of the window this year, like now, and then obviously restarting again in January, if any club, and it's not just us, I mean, any any club down there at the bottom are starting to think about changing the manager to try and get an effect, there's a very short period of time where you can sack your manager, get somebody else in, let them have a look at the squad, ready for that January window opening again, because they're going to want to bring somebody in. I think any time, any time really now is, is a little bit dangerous, certainly Derby's position. Um, but I just think... I know football's not played on paper, but when you look at some of the players that we've got, it would be bloody, it would be absolutely criminal if we, if we don't turn it around in, in some yeah. respect. Yeah. And if that's not enough of a turnaround, then then fine. I mean, I don't really know where our chairman would sit at this moment in time and say to you, no, we've still got to finish top six. I, I don't think it's quite that, but we'd obviously got aspirations and ambitions of doing something. And, Every game that goes by, we're not picking up these points. Those ambitions are just dropping. We're going to have to drop down and down and down until they'll, they'll come to a they'll come to a level somewhere and go. Well, is it better to finish mid table and sack him and bring somebody on to yeah. next season, yeah. or after what will be nearly two years, it's clearly not working for him. Is it worth yeah. pursuing putting more money into it, putting another transfer, two transfer windows into it? Is it really worth giving him the time because he, he's not shown enough? Yeah. But I'll stand here and say, now, nah, Derby have not under Undercock have not shown enough over the last eighteen months. No, prove to me that they're a challenge. They're a, they're a top six side, and they haven't. We flirted no, with it here. very very briefly. We flirted with yeah. it, but in the end, we weren't good enough. One hundred. Yeah, I I remember that last year because you you did really pick up, didn't you? And got right away yeah. virtually neck and neck with Cardiff with a few games to go. But yeah. if I remember rightly, you had those five games where mm. you played Leeds, played West Brom, ourselves, yeah. back to back, and pretty much only. I, only got one point or something like that out of yeah, those five days, which I think said, you, yeah, said you were that, at that time a bit short, and then you've lost those 45 goals. As you, so, so that makes it a, a bigger challenge or a hurdle for you, I guess. Absolutely. But, um, Absolutely. but yeah, well, I mean, when I look at your team and the players you got, yeah, there's no way you should be where you are. And I, it's a bit worrying that Waghorn's coming back because he always seems to do well against yeah. Cardiff. So, uh, and he's got a fantastic goal on Friday. So, um, yeah, it, it we'll, nice. we'll, we'll be mindful nice. of him, that's for sure. Yeah, it, 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 if he's fully fit, which it, it, well he managed, he managed to play the old game Friday. So I would think that he'll be the uh, he'll be the focal point of our attack. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, nice, nice free kick. We we have to after yeah. I have to say it was a pretty decent strike. But uh, hey Ben, how, like how do you Harry Wilson Darby. do that on Wednesday? <laughs> did you say sorry? How do you view Darby as you know when, when you're doing your podcast and everything like that? When you see him on the fixture list, is it like? Oh, these clowns again, or is it like no, it's, this is a tough game, or what? You know, what's your thoughts when you when you're talking about and thinking about them? You've always seemed to be a bit of a bogey team for us. I think in the last couple of years, I think we, the, the the season we got promoted, we we came to you guys and we thought it was almost going to be like our procession game. We were going to beat you away, and we were going to all of a sudden secure promotion. You beat us three one, I think it was, and we kind of caused our own downfall that day. 
Um, it was that, I, I, that time with the snow business, wasn't it? Yeah, the snow business, and what I think it was Yannick Wild Wildshoot who was playing for us made a colossal mistake and dropped the clanger. Yeah. Um, right. No, I always I always worry about Derby because you you as a team should be like like you guys have just all talked about. You should be higher in the table than you actually are, and it always feels like you're only ever one or two games away from either going on a run or pulling it around because the players you've got. You should be you should be fighting higher up in the league. So it's it's never something that I look at and go, oh, you know, here's an easy three points. It's it's always going to be a game which we find tough because if you have the players, like you say, you know, Waghorn is a player I've admired for a long time. I've always said that we should be looking to sign someone like him, um, and, and you guys seem to be getting the best out of him. And I just I always just worry that if if you guys click on on that day, we come up against you. You you could turn us over two or three nil. Um, it's, it's, you know, Cardiff and, and Nigel will know this as well. There's, there's no guarantees with Cardiff. And I think yeah. we've gone into games as favourites and, and, and somehow managed to contrive a three or four nil loss. And I think um, with you guys, I think where you are on the table presents a false kind of image of, of, of how good you are, really. Um, and I think like the way you've talked, the players that are coming back in and, and, and the players that you've got to, to come back in off the bench as well, I think it's, it's not going to be an easy game. And I, I would never take it for, for granted that we're going to get even a draw, let alone three points. Well, I've just looked at my phone and I've just checked the weather for Derby and there is snow in the forecast. So, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Typical. But, uh, Very typical. But, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise, you know, Mel Morris is out there with the snow machine flying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, because of that, it's kind of transformed into a bit of a pseudo Derby, really. There seems to be a bit of bad blood between the, the two clubs. <laughs> It's bizarre, really, because you know there's no reason for it other than there was a bit of snow that there, there was. I mean, I live, I live about nine miles away, I think, from Pride Park. There was no snow where we were no. uh, at all. No. I mean, I I saw pictures of Derby at like six in the morning. There was snow. Don't get me wrong. But there weren't that much snow. There was not that much snow at all. When there was it Greg Greg Halford, he was a Cardiff player at the time, and he tweeted a photo. They were at the ground, yeah. and it got called off. And they tweeted a photo, and he was like, "Where is the snow?" Because all the roads yeah. were clear. There yeah. was a few, you know, like the grass had patches of snow, but it wasn't it wasn't three four foot deep as it had been in other places. Um, it's funny, isn't it, how that became almost like a the starting point for a bit of a bit of a derby between us. Yeah, yeah, you did an edge, didn't it, between Warnock yeah. and um, who's the manager? You had that going on as well, as sort of clashes between them. So, and you yeah, had, it made it quite tasty for a little while. Yeah, and you had it Morrison as well. Though, like, that's right. Really, oh, yeah, a short, the Sean Morrison that. video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite videos of all time, that is. <laughs> yeah, at, that to- at that moment in time, though, obviously, they, whatever the reasons happened but obviously like you say we won that game in the end and that yeah. started that kicked us towards the end and, and pushed us on into the playoffs so and just just one of those little little things so yeah you're quite right there is i suppose there is a bit of needle between us um from that from that side but obviously everything's pastures new now pretty much from from the two teams and i have yeah. to say i'm looking looking forward to the game on on saturday from from a derby's perspective looking forward to seeing if they can um if they can turn up and actually put two performances back to back together, which we've not done for, for quite some time this year, probably since before lockdown, in all fairness, or certainly just at the start of lockdown. Um, and I have to say, a final name check before I let you all go. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Harry Wilson <laughs> play. And, and I, I hope, I mean, I do hope he has a good game. I hope he doesn't obviously yeah. change the game for, for, for your benefit, but it would be great to see him play. Uh, it would be, would be nice to see him again. Um, obviously, it's been a couple of years, so... Look, looking looking forward to it. But other than that, I think I think that's about all. Corey, I don't think there's any other business. No, I don't think so. I just think that, you know, Nigel, Ben, I really appreciate you guys coming on and enjoying Thanks the chat. I know you guys have got a lot of things going on in your personal life and in, and in Wales and everything like that in general. We all do. And 
But you know, yeah, we can't go out, so we may as well be in on the. <laughs> exactly. What else would we be doing? Uh, yeah, you know. So we just really appreciate you coming on, chatting about the game we all love and the teams that we love. It's been a it's been a wild ride, uh, Ben. It's been a pleasure to to meet you, and we hopefully have you yeah, on you again, Nigel. Too. You know, it's been a pleasure again, like it was last time. No trouble, Cody. Good to talk to you too. Cheers. Good to Thanks talk very to you much, both. guys. Thank you, Cheers, guys. Cheers, Jason, Cody, Ben. Cheers. Right then, guys, so we have to move on to what, before the game, we thought might have been a, uh, might have been a torrid 20-minute discussion, Corey, but actually, um, to, to review the game against Forest on Friday night, uh, from a Derby fan, fan's perspective, it's actually probably um, the first bit of optimism, and, or certainly proper optimism and promise, that, that we saw. And let's face it, I'm sure everybody's seen over the, over the weekend that, Fans aren't happy. It could have, it could have been a lot better from from a Derby's perspective, and of course we will we will give our own two pence worth on that or two cents worth as well um, on that. But the the game as a whole, Corey, it, it looked. I mean, I, I I think it was a slight tweak in formation as well. Almost looked like in it almost looked like a three four three. Um, I think that's the second game now that Koku's played night in that role alongside Graham Shinney like he did against Norwich and ultimately the two best performances that Derby have put out this season which which just tells you where Jason Knight fits in in this side in my opinion um, and then the, the interchangeable front three which I mean that's probably the most potent we've looked up front for for some games now um, as we say we, we'll go on to the, the disallowed goal but at the end of the day they looked only one side, in all fairness, if there was going to be somebody winning it, bar that 15 minutes in the second half, at the beginning of the second half from Forest. To me, I thought Derby managed the game well, uh, as well. Don't particularly think we looked too too troubled at the back. Obviously, Knockhart coming on at half-time, we knew what he was going to be capable of doing. Kind of nearly did it straight away. Um, but before we go right into the, the depths of the game, just just a brief mention from you, you know, on the, on the whole performance and, you know, the result, whilst the result would have been brilliant if we'd have got the win, still to me kind of feels like a win uh, because I think we've actually, we've actually done something that Derby haven't managed to do in, in quite a few weeks now. Um, and that has actually performed on a, on a pitch for the majority of the 90 minutes. Yeah, for me, I think it, it is the best. It was the best 90 minutes of football that Derby's put together, not only this season, but um, going back to last season as well. You know, like you said, the front three rotating through the different positions with Lawrence Waghorn and Yuviak, um, Yuziak. So, you know, they look, they look very potent. I think the midfield two need, you know, we were talking um, just after lockdown and before lockdown that it's a Wayne Rooney, Max Bird midfield. That's what Derby needs to go with. And that's completely changed now. The midfield's got to be Graham Shinney and, and, and Jason Knight because you've got two energetic players in there. I said on the Mr. Door um, preview vlog that he had that Jason Knight kind of reminds me of a Craig Bryson 10 years ago. He's got, he's got a massive engine. He's got a willingness. And like we've been talking about, he's, he's a play, appeared in pretty much every game that the Derby played this season. He's such an integral part. And I think that, that he offers a little bit more right now than Max Bird. And I think that he has to partner Graham Shinney in the center in the center of midfield. There's no two ways about it. Because like you say, the performance against Norwich was probably, in fits and starts, the best performance up until it was Friday night. 
um, and defensively looked, looked a little bit more solid as well. Um, I would agree with you. I think Anthony Kanakar came on and, and Forrest looked much the better team when he came on and they looked a lot more threatening. Um, and to be fair, he Kanakar nearly won him the game single-handedly because he was involved in everything. He was everywhere. And I mean, credit where credit's due. Anthony Kanakar at this level is, he's going to have hot streaks and, and cold streaks, but he was phenomenal on Friday night, I thought. But I think the thing that stood out for me with Darby was they didn't get rattled by it. They didn't, they, they allowed him to influence the game, but then they kind of snuffed everybody else out in a way. So there's not much else that could go on. Um, I think the domin- Darby dominated possession. Uh, Darby looked, it was the most creative Darby had looked. And it's not surprising when you have Tom Lawrence playing a full game, Martin Waghorn back, you're starting to get the injuries back like we were talking about. And yes, they are excuses, but at the fact of the matter is, like we were saying a couple pods ago, when you're losing these players, it's not, it's not Messi and Ronaldo level, but for Darby, they are important players. Um, and so, you know, starting to get them back and you're starting to click. And so, yeah, it does really, really feel like a win for me. I mean, we had both not had the best of predictions for, um, the game, which I'm completely happy that I was wrong with it. I didn't want them to lose because I didn't, I wanted Philip Cocker to go. That's not it at all. I just predicted the way I thought it would go. And, um, yeah, I, it was just the best, it was the most complete and best 90 minutes that Darby put together. And I think the thing that was notable was also the squad selection as well. When you had the under 23 game earlier in the day, which I'm sure we'll talk about and everything like that, but you had a couple of the players who were lingering on the bench and Kaku didn't pick them. He played them in the under 23s. So, you know, he was picking the strongest squad available and he picked, I think probably, probably the strongest team available. So, you know, that that's, that's kind of my, my two cents, two pence on it, Jason. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there that you that you've just mentioned that I'm going to go on to in a little minute once we've kind of summed the game up. But yeah, I, I mean, for me personally, watching it when Forrest for, for all the hard work, good work that Derby did in that first half, let's face it, should have been two 0 up. Shinny missed an absolute sitter. I uh, appreciate that's not the side of his game, but if he is going to play as for Derby as a box to box midfielder, probably does need to sharpen up on that on that front. You would expect him. You would expect a box-to-box midfielder to to grab you goals. Um, okay, maybe not twenty a season, but you know you'd expect him to chip in with a handful. Um, and he's finishing there. It, it's it just goes down as a mischance. I don't think you can really really put anything else to it. But the play itself to to put him in that position, absolutely fantastic. And to be fair, if it fell to probably seven out of the eleven on the pitch, they stick it away. It's just one of those things. I think, and obviously at two nil, it was probably a different game. Um, but of course, football is a game of two halves. Uh, ironically, and Forest did come out that second half, uh, and they got the goal controversy around it, um, which again we're going to go on to in a minute. But I must admit, it was at that first point, and this was going back to what would we go back behind a shell? You know, go back into a shell. Would Forest then push on? They they rode us out the first half. They rode the wave out that Derby presented to them, and to be fair, Derby, I thought, I thought Derby was excellent in that first half. Um, I've seen a lot of people say on Twitter, mainly Forest fans, of course, saying, "Oh, it was two poor teams." No, that, that's an excuse. I don't necessarily think it was two poor teams. I don't think it was two full of quality teams, um, in all fairness. But I thought, it, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. Um, but there was that point where Forest scored that equaliser. For me, it was right. This, this is where you're going to see where Derby County, where they are, what they can do. Are they going to go into the shells? Are they going to come out fighting? And let's face it, they came out fighting. There was a 10-minute spell where Forrest got on top of them um, without 
massively threatening us. There was probably one or two opportunities. But other than that, you know, it, it, it was it. And we'll go on again. We're going to, as I say, we're going to go on to this in a second. But then Derby scored, rightly or wrongly, some people may say, a legitimate second goal. Um, and then saw the game out. And, you know, we, we were in the ascendancy again that, you know, the last the last 10 minutes. We were the team that were pushing, which was, which was fantastic to see. Um, and I think, in all fairness, it came from, you know, the changes, like you say, wag on. I was surprised. I thought about the 65th, 65th minute mark. Uh, obviously, Forrest had just scored. They were getting on top of us that little bit. I thought it was time to make a change. I thought it was time to take off Lawrence, time to take off Waggon. They've got another good 60, 65 minutes in the belt. Bring on a little bit of freshness and try and just build into that second half again. Because it did look like we'd lost our way. And then just out of nowhere, you know, that one little, you know, one little opportunity. And then we finished the, we finished the game really strongly. Um, and it, that was great to see. I don't know, obviously, if that means that, you know, Lawrence and Waggon out, you know, obviously game's coming thick and fast. Were they quite ready for 90 minutes? Um, but I can understand why he didn't make the change just as much as he did. Um, because at the end of the day, they were being effective. Changing it at that point would have disrupted the balance. I don't think he necessarily wanted to do that, which which is fine. That, that's For me, that's good management. Um, if you don't need to make your substitutions, don't make them just for the sake of it. I, I fully get that. Um so in the end, of course, it, it was disappointing that the Derby's second goal um, was ruled out. And and to be fair, Corey, I, I, I wish it had accounted. It didn't matter who it was against. I wish it had accounted because it was a very nice move. It was a very nice goal. And obviously, it was Josviak's first goal. And I thought he took it brilliantly. Um, in fact, both goals, we'll mention the first one in a second, both goals in the game. I thought Derby, they look really good attacking, which is surprising because we've not, as you say, we've not really seen that so far. But that does toe in line that I know it's not... not just me and you that said it. Most people who talk Derby County uh, through whatever form of media, have, a lot of them have said, you know, how do you expect a team to score who haven't got forwards on the pitch? And one of the first games where, as you mentioned, we've got three three forwards starting the game, technically three forward thinking players starting the game for the first time together. It bodes well. Um, I'm not going to stand here and go, oh, the saviours are here, because obviously we don't know. They, they might lose the next three. We just don't know the answer to that question yet. But in terms of a positive reaction, is it's exactly what we got. Um, and for the doom and gloom sort of that was on the last podcast, and over the last three podcasts, I've probably been a little bit on the quiet side. This one for me, I, I can't praise Derby enough for the way that they performed. Um, individual players as well, just stepping up to the plate, Waggon, not really played any football for eight, nine weeks. He was, a, he was, he was another, another level up there. He did exactly what we wanted him to do. Scores an absolute brilliant free kick. Some people question the goalkeeper as an ex-goalkeeper myself. I have to stand there and say, possibly, possibly, but you don't take from 25 yards out, you don't take anything away from Waggon with that, uh, with his first real meaningful strike on goal. You, you give it to him. Um, and again, Lawrence, is, is, they're just building. Jozeviak is starting to look now you know, I've, I've thought so far he's looked decent in fits and starts. But you've got to remember the guy's had a massive life change at the age that he is and coming over from a different country, which obviously we've mentioned before on here. He's now starting to see, he's, you're now starting to see from him what he can bring. And the one thing that I like about him the most is how direct he is. There was a couple of times, I'm sure you've seen it, Corey, on, on, on Friday night. He got the ball in awkward positions to be with you. And watching it, you ex, not almost expected, but you were 
you were expecting him to lose the ball and he comes out with it. I think there was two or three times on that left-hand side in the uh, in the first half, certainly. In fact, I think one of them was the build-up to Shinny's chance for 2-0. He's got around three Forest players around him and he just manages to, to squeak the ball through and, and he's away. Um, we know, you ask any defender at any level, in football, they don't like pace. they don't like pace. They don't like directness. They don't like people running at them, and that's exactly what Yozviak brings. And that, to me, can only that's that's only a it's only a positive from him, um, and it can only be a positive moving forward. Uh, as you said, you know the the chance was created whilst a little bit still shy in front of goal. There was one or two times that we you know, got some good balls in. Uh, Buchanan again, you know, pretty decent, pretty decent on that left. Uh, I think probably one of his best games, actually. Um, certainly from a forward perspective, and I don't think he was too troubled when he was when he was on his defensive duties. I thought he did that quite well. And one thing I will say, he, he don't half win an header. I'll get, I'll give him that. Um, he, he, he's got a good jump on him, and he's, he's he's a pretty strong battle, which is which is nice. You know, we we did put some quality into the box. wasn't always quite there. We did miss, as we say, we missed one or two chances that you know on another day maybe we put away. But it's all positive. So, I, I mean, I don't think you can take a negative out of, out of the game Friday, apart from we didn't win it, which you know, isn't absolutely massively a negative. Um, it's just about progression. It, we, we said that last week. We said it was about the reaction. Um, happy to play for, for, for the club. They're happy to play for the manager. They can get themselves up for a game. Uh, which, which is great to see. I know something that we mentioned last week or a couple of weeks ago is why does it seem to be? In fact, I think it was with Steve Nicholson when we interviewed him. You know, why is it that the team need that kick up the back backside as such every two or three weeks, whatever it may well be? So that's why I'm a little bit reserved in in thinking that this is the turnaround. But you, you can only judge it from what you see in, in the here and now. Uh, and for me, that's a positive going into what's going to be undoubtedly a difficult game midweek against a Cardiff side who have started the season pretty well, Corey. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, I think it's too early to say, you know, call it a comeback. But I think what you can see and, and what I want to, you know, obviously what we talked about before, what I like to see as a team is is continued steady progression. And unfortunately, right now, Derby have not shown that to us that they can take and build week on week on week on week and make marginal improvements. So the jury's still out on that one, but I mean, it's not taking away anything. That was the best 90 minutes of football we've seen from Derby County in maybe six months. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you look at it, like you say, the Graham Shinny chance could have been buried, but you know, these things happen in football. Um, if Samba doesn't take that step to his left, could he save the Waghorn free kick? possibly but again that's a bit of luck that goes your way um and when you look at when you look at the Derby County goal should it have been given yes but I can see why it wasn't given because when you look at the camera angles that you've seen on social media and you've seen on you know and, and what have you those are from behind the goal they're from you know different angles and you have to think about where the linesman is looking at and the linesman looking straight across the line he can't really tell probably the distance that Waghorn is away from Bryce Samba. So I can, I can understand why it was not, why it was disallowed. Do I disagree with it? Yes, but I can understand why it was given. So I, you know, you know, like the referees at this level, like the players, they're very inconsistent. There's not a lot of, 
oh, well, he's a top-class ref. They all make mistakes. That's why they're refing at championship level and they're not in the Premier League. Um, but you have to think about the linesman point of view, the way they're looking down the line. They can't really tell, you know, distances and things like that. And then you look on the, you know, when you look at the, 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 the second effect of the, uh, the, the forest goal with McKenna potentially being offside and, and whatever, I can also see the case for both of those. It went in, to be honest with you, it probably should have stood anyway. I know people were arguing while he was offside and interviewing with him. Yeah, he was. But when you look at it, you know, those things happen in football. And, and for me, the story out of this game is not a disallowed goal by Kamal Uziak. It's not, you know, should Scott McKenna have had the goal disallowed or not? It was Derby County put a complete performance in for 90 minutes and put some pride into those shirts. And for me, like you said, you know, a few minutes ago, Jason, it felt like a win. And that for me is the biggest is the biggest thing. Get your points on the board. The results will come if you put performances in like that. And now I want to see when they go into the Cardiff game, continue to build, grow, and progress on top of the Forest result. Don't regress and go back and lose like you did against Huddersfield, you know, but progress now and, and take that next step and, and, and be that little bit more consistent. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, like you said, the, we mentioned the Forest goal. I mean, the offside thing for me, no, I don't think it is. I think it's more of a foul on Curtis Davis. I think I think they have got hold of his shirt. Shirt pulling, it's one of those grey areas in the rules. We know they say it's illegal, but it happens every single week on every, every level of football and it doesn't get penalised for. So, it, But if we're going by the letter of the law, it is a foul. And to be fair, the, the referee is, is in perfect view of that. Um, so it was one of those, you know, it, it was difficult it was difficult but at the end of the day it was given and obviously I think one of the there's a couple of things about the game for me about those two defining moments if you will and I think this point's quite well proven is that the forest goal derby players the bench everybody around it were quite involved with the forest goal getting in front of the referee saying that there was a foul saying it was what what you know there's an infringement but the Derby goal, not a single Forest player looked towards the linesman. Uh, that, to me, was a bit more telling than anything. Um, now, somebody, I, I did see somebody on Twitter, um, a Forest fan, saying, oh, it's just our players play to the referee's whistle. No, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. If that doesn't happen in football, even though they should. Um if, if the Forest players genuinely... There's, there's one one player and one player in particular who should be claiming that as offside, and that would be Bryce Samba. And he didn't. Or he didn't think he was his view was impeded or whatever. Otherwise, he would have complained. And I think the fact that it took a good 25 to 30 seconds... Well, a good 15, 20 seconds before the decision was, was actually made, after the goal had gone in, tells me that they weren't convinced... And I'm not 100% sure why in the end it was given. Um, sorry, why it was disallowed in the end or, or why they did flag. But at the end of the day, they did. We just have to get on with it. One thing I would say is actually, I think it was the ball, the first ball up into Waghorn uh, who knocked it down for, for Lawrence. I actually thought Waghorn fouled the defender. I think it was Yates. It looked like he, he jumped, but he jumped on over him. And to me, I thought that I was, I was expecting um, the whistle to blow there for a foul. But it didn't come. Um, and then, obviously, the rest we know. Um, but sweet strike. And I don't think it'll be long until Josviak does score. 
Um, certainly with the way that he plays like that, he's a good addition to the side. But it's one thing we did say on the last pod, Corey, it's pretty obvious that there are three things that you could almost guarantee in a derby. Controversy, well, we definitely got that. Um, a red card, which, in my opinion, there was one or two, not necessarily straight reds, but there was a couple of players on yellow cards that probably got away with one on Friday night. Um, and All I want to say to that is Semi Amiobi knocked Nathan Byrne into next week, and how he did yeah. not even get a yellow for that was ridiculous. And then there was another player. It wasn't Christie. It was another player, and they must have had 10 or 15 fouls, and they just did not get booked. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. At some point, they're not yeah. bad, but you can't just keep kicking, tripping people for 15, 16 times a game and not getting booked. So that's all I got to yeah. say on that one. But I, yeah, don't, no, I don't know, Nathan Byrne, I thought he went into like row two or three at Forest. He's just yeah. straight off. He did. He's only a light frame, but yes, he, he did go flying. Uh, but I, I think I mean, Amiobi was one I was going to say. I, I can think of five or six. Silly little niggly fouls, like you say, but at the end of the day, that's what the referee's there for. First, second, third one. The yellow card comes out, that stops. Um, you know, and it didn't. Um, but... So, you know, that, that was the case. So there's always controversy, which there was. There was all, there's almost normally a red card, which there nearly was, in my opinion, there should have been. Um, but it's always well contested. And I actually thought it was a pretty well contested game. Um, some of the quality of football was possibly lacking a little bit, but I thought it was, an e- it was a pretty, pretty even game, which I thought Derby, I don't think we'd have been aggrieved um, to come away with all those, you know, all three points. But at the end of the day, it was the put. We put a lid on it, and uh, we look forward to the reverse fixture in, in three or four months' time, I, yeah, would, I would say. I think, um, I think for me, just before we go, Jason, the other player there was Lyle Taylor. And, you know, we were talking, oh, maybe he should sign for Derby. I'm so pleased Derby didn't get him. He's an absolute he's moaner. He's just, he just moans all the time, and he's petulant. And he, he was like Sammy Amiobi. He was the other lad. I couldn't, I couldn't think of the other player. It was him. He must have had 15, 20 fouls, and he would, didn't even get booked or whatever. And then he scored the goal, and he thought he'd won the World Cup or whatever. And it was yeah. like, Christ, dude, you know, Jesus, you barely should be on the field. But I'm yeah. really pleased. For one, I look back at that now and go, I'm pleased Darby didn't go out and get him. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't rate him all that much. Okay, he scored, but I don't think he didn't necessarily did a great deal. I don't think Joe Lolly did a great deal. Um, it's probably fair to say Forrest didn't turn up with their best game. Uh, but then again, I, I think Darby coped with what – they thrown at them, and that's all you can do. You can only play what I thought Derby did pretty well, in all fairness, and edged it, shaved it. I, I think Forest fans are a little bit, oh, it was, a, it was a point, it was a draw. Not for me. I think Derby did deserve to win that game. Um, and I think they showed a bit of resilience to actually keep going for, after the after conceding and after having a goal ruled out as well for that last 10 minutes. I, I still thought Derby looked the, the most likely. Um, which can only, I'd say, it can only bode well, can only bode well for the future, which, which is fingers crossed. Um, and we'll find that in the next coming weeks. Um, last thing we are going to mention before we leave you guys is, like you alluded to earlier, Corey, um, there was a bit of news, club news as such, from the under-23s. Um, I watched it. Um, it was uh, the return of Christian Bielik and Jordan Ibe got run out for the under-23s. Um, Jordan Ibe played 45 minutes, scored after two minutes. Uh, nice goal. Kept himself busy throughout the game. Um, probably his first, no, first game, competitive game, if you want to call it that, for you know quite some time. I thought he handled himself quite well. I thought Christian Bielik looked pretty solid. Did 65 minutes. Um, little rusty to start off with. I think that's you know that's only to be expected. I don't know if you saw his interview after 
to the game, Corey. He's he's quite happy with where he is. He thinks he thinks he's more than capable of you know stepping into that first team sooner rather than later, um, which can only be a good thing. But of course, one thing I will say about Koku is that we don't we don't tend to rush players back. We do tend to give them what they need, um, even though that might be at a detriment to the first team. At the minute, I think we can cope without him. Um, I, I think he'll strengthen us. Um, to be honest with you, I think he does. But at this moment in time, let's get the pair of them. I, I'd be surprised if we see them before the international break. Uh, I think, obviously, Ibe's probably the one who's more closer at the two because, um, obviously, he wasn't the one who suffered the injury. I would be surprised if we saw them before the international break, to be honest with you. Um, maybe, maybe the last game, but I still think a couple more under-23s games, certainly for Jordan Ibe. Uh, well, will help that. Um, but he, he looked all right in 45 minutes. He looked quite direct, which we know he can do. As I say, he scored a nice goal. Um, it'd be interesting to see eventually when he comes in where he will fit into the team because I know he does rather play out on the left. So it will mean a bit of a rejig. And I think that's possibly a little bit of a worry for the two. The two coming back in, I mentioned with Bielik there. The, these two players are looking to come in. Same with Wayne Rooney, really. These players are looking to come back into the game, into the first team. And it's going to disrupt something. And I, at this moment in time, I don't know if, if it's worth disrupting it too much. So, you know, Rooney comes back, unfortunately. Rightly or wrongly, he will. He'll, he'll, he'll come in. And that's going to be a, a disservice to somebody. Um... So it's unfortunate that that will be unfortunate. I think somebody is going to miss out who possibly doesn't deserve to. Um, but if that's the case, then that's the case. But these are the nice, nice decisions, nice headaches that managers want, isn't it? Let's face it. Um, and if you know, if he's if he's struggling to pick a team because they're all performing, has got to be much better than what he's faced over the last three months, which is pick a side that hasn't been that hasn't been performing and, and requires a reaction. So. It, it, it's a positive podcast from us, Corey, for a change. Uh, 100%. Can't think of a negative. Don't want to mention a negative. Um, and hopefully go into the game on Saturday. Uh, sorry, midweek against Cardiff um, at home and, and get that get another, get a win, get the first home win. Um, it's going to be a difficult game, don't get me wrong. And then, of course, we've got we've got Bournemouth as well um, on Saturday, which is not going to be any, any easier, I wouldn't have thought. But obviously, we'll have the preview of that one coming up. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Corey, as always, we've had to keep it a little bit shorter towards the end, but thank you very much for joining us all, and we'll see you next time, and up the rounds. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Please remember to get in touch on the socials. On Twitter, we are at Rams Review one Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast, or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, thank you very much and up the rounds.